Hi, I'm Pastor Bob Yandy, and we're going to talk about justification today, the exchange of your sin for God's righteousness. How did that happen? Because on the cross, Jesus became sin for you, that you might become the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. That's only an introduction. Listen to the rest of it. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. The last lesson we took up was the doctrine of redemption. We talked about being born again. And today we're gonna to take up the doctrine of justification. This is all from my book and on the teaching series I'm doing right now on the subject of theology simplified. Theology was never designed to be complicated. Oftentimes, I've heard people say this before. Well, you know, there's some books of the Bible I don't study. I say, like what? I'm thinking of, you know, Leviticus or something like that, difficult to understand and all that. And they say, no, no, I'm talking about even in the New Testament. You know, Timothy and Titus were, were uh, books written to pastors. I said, well, where does it say that? It just has Timothy's name at the top of the page and it has Titus's name at the top of the page. They'll say, well, you know what I mean? Uh, it was written to ministers. There's no part of the Bible that's just for certain people. Otherwise, why would you read the book of Romans? You don't live in Rome. Or Galatia, you don't live in Galatia, you live here. So the whole Bible, all scriptures given by inspiration of God, and therefore it should be easy to understand. Jesus used parables to help people understand the word of God. If something looked like momentarily he was going over their head, you know, their eyes got glassy, he would throw down a simple parable. A woman puts leaven into a loaf of bread and a man who's fishing brings in the fish and keeps the good fish and throws the bad fish away. Everything was done to be simple. And that's what I'm doing here. I'm simply taking these particular things. In the last lesson, we talked about redemption. Today's lesson is on justification. The Greek word for justification is dikaiosune. The Greek word means an exchange of our sins for God's righteousness. In other words, on the cross, what God did was he took away our sins and placed it on Jesus and then took Jesus' righteousness and placed it over here on us. Jesus accepted our sin by choice. We accept his righteousness by choice. We were thrown into the slave market, as we talked about in the first lesson, without our choice. Adam sinned and put everybody in there. We had no choice to be in there. We're born in there. But Jesus, who chose to take our sins on the cross, gave us the choice to receive his righteousness. And who wouldn't want it? Justification is the result of, retain, of obtaining righteousness. Last time we talked about obtaining righteousness, salvation, and in so doing, now we're we're born again. Justification is the result. The moment I said yes to Jesus and became born again, my sins were exchanged for Jesus Christ's righteousness, and I became the righteousness of God in Christ. Justification means that God imputed perfect righteousness to us at the point of our faith in Jesus Christ. And I use perfect righteousness because man has relative righteousness. Man has human good. Only God has divine good. And we receive God's perfect good, and it was imputed to us, God's perfect righteousness into us at the point of faith in Jesus Christ, and our spirit is now made perfect. Our soul has a long way to go, and our body never will be redeemed on this earth. It'll take a resurrection body one day from heaven. Our first contact with the essence of God is with his justice, not with his love. Oh, we talk about his love, yes, but the first thing we have to realize is I need help. 
Jesus didn't go to the cross and automatically die for everybody and we're all born saved. No, that's not it. Jesus Christ went to the cross and took our sins on him. We're born into this earth in the slave market, but he, because he chose to take our sin, we can choose to take his righteousness. And the first moment we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior is because we realize something, and that is we needed help. Our first contact again with the essence of God was with his justice. The fact that we are sinners, God is just. How can we come into relationship with God? And we find out it's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Then we experience his love. Before we ask for help, we need to know we need help. Before we seek righteousness, we must understand we are sinners. Let me give you a picture of justification. In the Old Testament, in Genesis chapter 48, verses 8 through 14, then continuing on in verses 17 through 19, we have a story here. Jacob was dying, and his sons were brought before him, and one of them that was brought before him was Joseph, and he thought Joseph was dead. His sons lied to him. Uh, they're the ones that sold him into slavery, and they killed an animal, put blood all over Joseph's coat of many colors took it to their father and he and he thought for sure Joseph was dead and they and they told him he was dead but really what they had done was sold Joseph into slavery and they kept the money never told their father but we know the story of Joseph Joseph went into slavery and even though he was in slavery there he worked in Potiphar's house and gained control over Potiphar's house why because he was a man of intense reputation he had a great character inside of him that was instilled to him from the word of God from his father and he kept that integrity so while he was there, Potiphar's wife thought he was very handsome and she made passes at him. And finally, with the last pass she made at him, he ran from her, but left his coat there. And she claimed that he raped her and left her his coat there. And so because that Potiphar had him thrown into prison, he didn't commit this sin. The wife lied about him. And so he went to jail because of what she said. And he was in prison. And then he started gaining control of the prison. He was such a reputable man. They started letting him run areas of the prison until one day Potiphar came to see him in prison, found out what was happening. He got so angry, he had him committed to one of the lowest cells possible down into the dungeon. But guess what happened in the dungeon? God was still with him. You can't get away from God's presence. His integrity brought him out and his integrity prophesied to two men who were next to Pharaoh himself. And because of that, eventually Pharaoh called for Joseph out of prison because he had a dream and he needed an interpretation for that dream. Well, he interpreted the dream correctly. And all of a sudden he became the second highest man in all of the nation of Egypt, right under Pharaoh himself. You see, Joseph is a type of Jesus Christ, sold into slavery by his own people, came to his own, but his own received him not. He ended up going to prison for us. He ended up in the lowest dungeon for us, but he still was not sent there for his own sins. He was sent there for the sins of everybody else. And then once he was brought out and went back into heaven, he's now seated in the second position in all of the universe, right next to God himself, and so again, because of that, now uh, uh, he happened to, Joseph happened to be able to deliver his own family out. And whenever the famine hit, he brought his family in and put them in a special place for them to go. And then one day came and revealed himself to them. And when he came in to reveal himself to them, the sons were all there, the 11 sons, and then also his father Jacob was there. And Joseph came to them and told them and showed himself who he was and told the story. And of course, his brothers just burst out crying. And repentance went on and everybody hugged each other. They became a family again. Look at the type of forgiveness that was given. And so in uh, verse 17, it tells us, when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. What happened? Joseph married an Egyptian woman. And through that Egyptian woman, he had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. 
And when it came time that Jacob, just before he was dying, blessed all of the sons, he was gonna bless Joseph. And Joseph said, bless my two sons because these two sons are from me. In fact, in the book of Revelation, the tribe of Joseph isn't mentioned. It's mentioned as Ephraim and Manasseh. So there we have again, but Ephraim and Manasseh were brought. And so one was born before the other. And so when they were brought before, uh, what what Joseph did was he put them in, in his two hands and, and brought them up. And the older one was in front of his father's right hand. And the younger one was in front of his father's left hand because Jacob was just about totally blind, couldn't see. And so he stood there. And as, as Jacob went to bless them, instead of doing doing this. Jacob did this. He crossed hands. He put his right hand, the hand that's supposed to go on the older son's head and put it on the younger son's and the other way around and put his left hand on the older son's head. Joseph must have had his eyes closed during that time. And he opened up his eyes and saw what was going on and tried to stop it and switch the hands. But his father, Jacob said, no, I know, son, I know exactly what I'm doing. Verse 19, his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He knew what he was doing. What was he doing? A type of the cross, that the hand that should have gone to Jesus Christ went to me, and the hand that should have gone to me went to Jesus Christ. And the elder, that is Jesus Christ, became the servant of the younger, that's me. And when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, all the blessings and righteousness of Jesus Christ came to me. When Jesus went to the cross, all the curses and even hell itself, where I was headed toward, was passed on to Jesus Christ. And this is what the word justification is talking about. It's the transference, the exchange of God's righteousness to me and my sins to the Lord Jesus Christ. He died for me and stood in my place and has now become the mediator of the new covenant. The way I get to God is through my mediator. And the way that God gets to me is through my mediator. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So the source of justification, what is it? Justification is not the same as forgiveness. Forgiveness subtracts sins. Justification adds the righteousness of God. I'm forgiven. And then the justification of God adds the righteousness of God to me. My sins have to be removed before justification can be given to me. And the moment I accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I am forgiven. The moment I'm forgiven, justification is now added and adds the righteousness of God to me. The cross gave us forgiveness, but the resurrection gives us justification. Look with me at Romans chapter 4 and verse 25. What a great verse of scripture. And we'll look at it here and see what the Greek has to say about it. Romans 4.25, Christ was delivered for our offenses. Huh? The Greek word means because of. He was delivered to the cross because of our offenses and was raised up again because of our justification. In other words, I could not be delivered until... Uh, Jesus went to the cross, but while on the cross, I was delivered because of my offenses. Jesus Christ was delivered up because of my offenses, not for my offenses, but because of, because I was a sinner, he went to the cross. But notice this next phrase, he was raised up because of my justification. When he arose from the dead, he already saw me as justified. Oh, hallelujah. I know I receive it, but it was made available to me by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There was no resurrection until God had done all that was necessary to provide my justification. Justification is given by God's grace. It does not come by our works at all. Romans chapter three and verse 24 says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Titus chapter three and verse seven says, having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. When justice functions in the way of blessings, it comes by grace. Imputed righteousness comes through grace, not through human merit. 
God's integrity provides everything that justice demands. Justice has huge demands and Jesus met every demand on the cross. The only demand on me is not to quit sinning, not to come and confess before God everything I've ever done. That comes after salvation where we confess our sins as individual priests before God. But before I'm saved, all I do is come to him with one thing. I confess him as the Lord and the savior of my life. I accept him and receive him as my personal Lord and as my personal savior. So God's integrity provided everything that justice demand, but Jesus met the demands of justice. And now God's integrity is free to offer to me everything that Jesus Christ died for. What a wonderful thing. We're not saved by our works. We're not saved by our human good. We're saved by simple faith in Jesus Christ. Simple faith in Jesus Christ is all that's demanded for God to take everything Jesus died for and give it to me. And everything that I deserve was given to Jesus Christ. Oh, the divine exchange that happened on the cross. We'll see you right after the break. I've been waiting on this book, Theology Simplified. This is a class I teach at Karis Bible College, and it's my favorite class. I think the students' favorite class is there. And I've been waiting to put this into a book. It's eight different theological terms that sound difficult, but actually are very simple. I just simply think the Bible sometimes is filled with complicated sounding words, but you break it down, it becomes very simple. This book is called Theology Simplified. Let me tell you what all it covers. It covers predestination. It covers reconciliation and sanctification. It covers glorification, justification. Redemption, propitiation, and election are all covered in this book. And again, big words with simple meanings. I bring it down to you. When I used to pastor at the church, I would even tell, I'd say, housewives, you that are listening out there today in the congregation, this is designed for you too. If you can't take this sermon, go home and meditate on it. And then the next morning, prepare a tuna fish sandwich for your children to go to school. Then I missed the point today. The word of God is not difficult. Even the Greek and the Hebrew were written on a third or fourth grade level where people could understand it. So that's what this is for. So, you know, this book will help and bless you tremendously as a person, as a, as a convert, and as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you teach a Bible class, if you teach a home cell group, or you're a pastor of a church or whatever, this book is for everybody and it's gonna greatly bless you. So I know you're gonna be blessed by getting this book and again, by growing in the things of God. So this book is available, $15, go to my website, bobyandian.com and there you can purchase a copy for yourself. You might be saying, well, $15 sounds like a lot for a book. You'd pay that for a gourmet burger and an order of fries and a Coke after it's all over and that meal would last you maybe two or three hours, you'd be hungry again. This will feed you for a lifetime. You could read it over and over again, hand it on to your children. It will continue to feed them. And once you get it, one revelation will say, wow, it was certainly worth the $15. So again, go to my website, bobtheandian.com. You'll find how you can have a copy for yourself. Blessings upon blessings to you. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. I wanna give you that point again. I think this is so key. I think this is the central part of understanding this. Justification is given by God's grace. 
you'd almost think as most sinners do, man, this thing's just too immense. What do I have to do? Much like the Philippian jailer, what do I have to do? Well, believe on Jesus Christ. This is it. It's given by God's grace. It is a free gift. Romans 3.24 again, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. How important that is. Titus 3.7, having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Justification is a free gift of God. I know it's so big. I know it's so hard to understand by your natural thinking. That's why you have to go by faith. Simply accept it because God said it, period. And the point of it is you'll start understanding as you grow in the things of God. But right now there is no understanding to it. Man, God's grace is overwhelming. So we are justified freely by his grace. No money on my part because, listen, money would only cheapen it. Do you ever think about this? Why is salvation free? Because as far as grace is concerned, there's no amount of money that you could put on the grace of God. So for God to offer the highest thing and offer it at the highest price, he offers it free. Ho, everyone that thirsts, come to the water. He that has no money, come, buy and eat. Well, how do you buy and eat if you don't have money? God's form of simple exchange is by faith. We accept it by faith. Titus 3, 7 again. Having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Justified by grace. When justice functions in the way of blessings, it always comes by grace. Imputed righteousness, which is God's righteousness, is given to me without any price at all. Imputed righteousness comes through grace, not by human merit. You would cheapen it by human merit. Can you imagine God doing all this through Jesus Christ? And we come and try to offer money to him. We just cheapened it. God says, no, the highest price I can put on it is free. This is grace. And free simply means I don't want your money, don't need your money. And it would only cheapen the whole process. Imputed righteousness comes through grace, not by human merit. God's integrity provides everything that justice demands, not my integrity. If justification is given by God's grace and we found scripture for it, then justification could not come by human works. We'll have verses of scripture on that. Romans chapter 3, verses 20 and verse 28. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. We conclude then that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Oh, justification. The exchange of my sins for God's righteousness did not come through anything I can do. My salvation didn't come through anything I could do. In fact, the need for salvation came from what mankind had done in the garden. And I was trapped in that until Jesus Christ told me. And I looked over there and the door to the slave market has been swung wide open and I can just freely walk out. That's where I get it so wonderful when witnessing when a person might say, yes, but I was a prostitute for you. That's not the issue. The door's wide open. Some man may tell you I was a murderer. It's listen, I know that, but Jesus died for that. The door's open. Just walk out. Our invitation to the whole world is just walk out. Get up and walk out of here. That is grace. God providing everything. But then once we are born again, the next thing that comes along in our life is justification. But guess what? It's by grace also. My sins are removed. I'm forgiven of them. And now God's righteousness is imputed to me. Galatians 2.16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by faith and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh 
shall be justified. Oh, how wonderful. It goes on and on and on and on. Let's talk about the means of justification. We receive justification just like Abraham did. Genesis 15, 6 says, Abraham believed in the Lord. It was accounted to him for righteousness. This is justification. Justification occurred in the Old Testament as well as in the New. There were sacrifices representing justification. So Abraham believed in the Lord. It was accounted to him for righteousness. And that is quoted again in the New Testament. In chapter four of the book of Romans, two men are brought up there justified by simple faith and brought righteousness by simple faith. One was Abraham and one was David. Abraham was justified by faith and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And then later it says in that same chapter, chapter four of Romans, that David said, happy is the man whom the Lord imputes not his trespasses against him. What is imputed to us? Justification. So both were justified, both were saved by faith. But here's the important thing. Abraham was before the law. David was during the law. Even during the law, salvation never changed. It was always by simple faith and receiving the Lord. We often say, well, when the law came along, people had to obey the law to get saved. No, the law was never designed to save. It was designed to teach of the one who could save. Even Paul said the law was given to us as a schoolmaster to teach us, to bring us to Christ. Once we come to Christ, we're no longer under it. So the purpose of the law was to point to Jesus Christ. Every law that was given pointed to you, first of all, and said you can't keep it, but every sacrifice was that was given was given to show that for every law you've broken, which is all of them, he says, now there's a way out of it, and that's through Jesus Christ. So the, again, the two parts of the law, the law taught you, you're a sinner, and the, and the sacrifice is taught that Jesus Christ is our Redeemer. So again, Romans 3.22, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and upon all who believe. This is our means of justification, simple faith in Jesus Christ. Justification is a result of, of our faith in the work of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter four, verses four and five says, the person who works for salvation receives nothing from God. Instead, their works are credited them as debt. In other words, the more you work, the bigger your debt becomes. My debt was bad enough when I came into this earth. I was born a sinner, but I add to that debt by trying to work myself into salvation. The same thing is told us in Romans chapter nine, verses 30 through 32. We won't quote it, but it's simply saying the same thing here that's being said in Romans chapter four, verses four and five. Let's talk about the blessings of justification. Romans chapter five, verses eight and nine said this, God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, that's his life, we will be saved from the wrath through him. We're born under a condemnation of wrath. We're born under the anger of God. We are born under the justice of justice, uh, justice of God. But the point of it is Jesus took that wrath and Jesus took that justice. And once we receive Jesus, it's removed from us because it was placed on him. And so the world will face the wrath of God. Those who have never received Jesus will face the wrath of God. But God promises us in the book of Thessalonians that he has not appointed us under wrath. Once we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, the wrath of God will never be poured out upon us. And the wrath of God will, first of all, be not poured out on us as the church because we'll be taken into heaven before the tribulation actually begins and go through the seven years of uh, what will go on in this earth will be the time of the tribulation. In heaven, we'll go through seven years of the judgment seat of Christ. We'll be rewarded in heaven. 
uh, for what we did after we accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. The world will stand before the great white throne judgment. But again, I've told you, there's a thousand years between those two things. One that we stand before is the judgment seat of Christ will be rewarded. And a thousand years later, all sinners will stand before the great white throne judgment and they will receive the wrath of God. They have already been a thousand years in hell. Now they're going to go to eternity to a worse place than hell itself. And that's the lake of fire forever and forever. This is the wrath of God. You said it seems so bad. Well, it has to be because salvation was so simple. Salvation was so free. Salvation was beyond your wildest imaginations. And yet people still turned against it. Even when Noah preached, a huge number of people turned against it. No one received his message except his own family. So we're justified in time because of Jesus' blood, but we're justified throughout eternity because of his blood. Oh, the precious blood, the precious outpouring of the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8, verses 29 and 30 says this, Whom he justified, these he also glorified. I'm here to tell you there's also glorification coming in the future. That'll be one of the last areas we cover as we're teaching on these eight things. But we're gonna be glorified. In other words, we're gonna have a resurrection body and live with Jesus Christ and God the Father forever and forever. And these are the ones that he justified. One day I will receive a body which no longer has to match a fallen nature. I will receive a resurrection body which matches a new nature through Jesus Christ. And that new nature will one day produce a brand new body and I'll have a resurrection body forever, just like Jesus Christ. Justification guarantees us a resurrection body and also other eternal rewards are based on our justification. James chapter two, verse 21 says this, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? This is not contradicting anything before. It's simply saying there's gonna be rewards for us for our justification standing out before people. God can see my heart, but when I take what's in my heart and bring it to the outside, I turn it into a testimony before the world. Now the world can see my justification. Notice this, Abraham, our father, was justified, but this is in front of people. He was justified in front of those he offered his son on the altar before. So Abraham, our father, was justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar. Jump down with me to verse 25. Here's another one. Likewise was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works. She was she had been saved for 40 years. Before this, Abraham had been saved for a long period of time, but Rahab was saved from the moment she heard about the children of Israel coming through the Red Sea. And she said, I knew at that point, your God was God in heaven above and earth beneath. She accepted the Lord. And for 40 years, she's been waiting on them to possess the land. In fact, what she said to the two, two spies that came in and stayed with her was, what took you so long? They said, what do you mean? She said, we've known that this land belonged to you from the time that God split the Red Sea. Our knees have been knocking together. They basically told her, well, we thought you were giants. She said, no, we thought you were giants because of the giant God you serve. So verse 25, likewise was not Rahab the harlot justified by work. She actually took her salvation and brought it to the outside and hid the spies from 
the uh, from the army of Jericho. The army of Jericho was coming to get these guys. She said, oh no, you just missed them, they left. And so she received the spies and sent them out another way. Justification before God comes by faith in Jesus Christ, but justification in front of people, in front of men, comes by our good works. So literally the justification inside of us needs to come to the outside where the world can see it. Because not only do we preach a testimony, we live a testimony. Not only do we preach the gospel, we live the gospel. And the way we spread the gospel is first of all by word and next of all by deed. And this is so important. See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.